Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast, Episode 1, Scott for the title. I am Sean Harris. And I am Aaron Kosker. And we're here to bring to you a brand new podcast. Um, me being a gigantic wrestling fan, always wanted to do a wrestling podcast. And my wonderful wife, Aaron Kosker, being here, being a huge One Tree Hill fan. And we thought maybe we could amalgamate the two together and maybe do a podcast that instituted wrestling with One Tree Hill okay. and vice versa. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. When did you start watching wrestling? I started watching wrestling when I was mm, probably two or three years old. Oh, uh, my dad and my uncle got me into wrestling. And uh, I remember the first ever match I watched was Abe Knuckleball Shorts versus Razor Ramon. <laughs> yes, I remember shit from when I was three years old. Okay, but that name, <laughs> Knuckleball if you Shorts? Th- it's not shorts. It's Schwartz. Schwartz. Okay, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> yes, of course I remember my first wrestling match that I watched when I was like three years old. And not only that, that's that's only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to names for wrestlers. Abe Knuckleball Schwartz is probably about a two out of ten on the craziness <laughs> scale. Um, oh, Lord. What am I getting myself into? What are we getting ourselves into? So seeing that my introduction to wrestling was in around 1992, 1993, uh, 2003 is when One Tree Hill first came out. So what was your first introduction to One Tree Hill? Okay, so my first introduction to One Tree Hill, I think they were in like season four at the time and I was hanging out with my cousin Alyssa and we were at a friend's place and I was actually watching the OC at the time. Terrible show. You know what? It's okay. Great theme song. Terrible show. (laughs) Um, And I was just so hardcore into that show at the time. So when the girls were like, oh, let's watch Rinty Hill. And they like picked out a random episode. It wasn't even the first episode. And it was like something that was so. Very random. Weird. And like, I was like, that would never happen in high school. That would never happen in high school. Because the OC didn't have like some of the things that happened in One Tree Hill. And whatever. So I was just like, no, I'm not into this show. I hate it. But then I have um, an ex-boyfriend, which is a current friend of yours. Um, Not awkward at all. (laughs) No, it's not. He loved One Tree Hill and he also loved wrestling. So shout out to our boy Skylar. Um, Devoted listener of the show. I guarantee that. (laughs) Yes. Um, He was one day like, hey, I have the seasons of One Tree Hill. Not all of them because they were only up to like season five or six at the time. Um, But he was like yeah let's watch it and he actually got me into it so into it that like after we broke up i couldn't watch it for a little bit bit because i was so sad but then i started watching it again and i was like i need to watch these all the time so seeing that 
One Tree Hill is nine seasons worth of television that I'm enduring over however many episodes it takes to get through this. Does that mean I have to make you endure nine years of wrestling? No, that's not fair. It's only 187 episodes of One Tree Hill, so you're so only making 187 me episodes exactly. of wrestling. Exactly. Mm. Okay, that's fair more enough. fair. Plus, you like you said, some of the pay per view pay per views are like two to three hours long. That's rude. No One Tree Hill episode is that long. That is very true. So this is definitely for the Tree Hill fans, the One Tree Hill fans, and the wrestling fans. So if you're a fan of both, you're going to love this podcast. If you're a fan of one, you'll probably hate half of it. And if you're a fan of the other, you'll probably hate the other half of that as well. Or in our situation, we're trying to make the other person appreciate Mm -hmm. the one that we hate. So I hate wrestling, but... Sean is trying to make me appreciate it a little bit and try and find the things that are similar. And I'm trying to do the same for him. So it's a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of times where I'm like, why am I doing this? And he's going to have the same. You're going to be knee deep in a four hour WrestleMania pay-per-view and you're like, what the fuck are you doing to me? That's that's just rude. No, Um, (laughs) no, no, no. Well, honestly, I think the idea is pretty fun and I think it's for a lot of people. I think it's for us. And, you know, we don't really give a shit. We just want to do what we want to do. So if you want to check out the Instagram, go to at Tree Hill Wrestling Federation or at Tree Hill WF dot podcast and you will find some funny little posts. And a big reason why this kind of spurred everything is that there was a scene in the first episode of One Tree Hill where it was the sign of the Tree Hill High School outside saying that there was wrestling at 6 p.m. on Thursday. So the second we saw that, we thought, I'm probably going to have to do this because as much as there is differences between these two shows, there are an insane amount of similarities. And I think over the next 187 episodes of each, we'll be both figuring out how many similarities there are. So actually, Sean was kind of roasting me for getting our little boy Flynn to watch One Tree Hill with me. Um, And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get Flynn to watch wrestling with me. And I was like, ugh. And then I was like, you know, you should seriously watch One Tree Hill. And I'd love to, like, if you did a podcast, it would be really funny to see your thoughts on the show and kind of like see you kind of fall in love with it. And he was kind of like, that's actually a great idea. It's a great idea. But then, of course, like in my everyday life, I have to institute wrestling into everything. And so how do I make this a wrestling (laughs) podcast as well? So this is basically one plus one equals two for us now. And that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Yeah, it works out. So, yes, One Tree Hill. Tell me about One Tree Hill. What is it? Okay, so there's two brothers, Nathan and Lucas, but they're they're half-brothers. Dad, Dan, was with Lucas's mom first. Her name is Karen, um, and they were together in high school. Karen got pregnant shortly after high school and told Dan, and he was just, whatever i'm going to do going to college and doing my um basketball career because he played basketball for the tree hill ravens and karen um was also in the same school right so then lucas was born but you know he didn't have a father growing up turns out when dan was in college he met a woman and fathered a son named nathan 
So they're brothers. They go to the same high school because they live in the same town, but they run from totally different crowds. Nathan's one of the popular kids on the varsity team, and Lucas just plays basketball at a river court in a park, and that's where he hangs out with his buddies, and Nathan's the star of the high school basketball team. So literally what you're saying is the show is for 15 and 16 year old girls. Basically, but there's some hot girls in there too. Mm, for the okay, dudes. now uh, we're going to go over episode one of season one here of uh, One Tree Hill. We're entitling it Scott for the title to try to put a little wrestling spin on everything, of course. Uh, it started September 23rd, 2003. That was the very first episode, season one, episode one of One Tree Hill. And to your point, yes, there are some ladies in this show that are chef's kiss. <laughs> chef's kiss. I love it. Yeah. So let's talk about the ladies. Right off the hop. Peyton. Mm-hmm. Peyton, Peyton, Peyton. She has the aesthetic. She is absolutely drop dead gorgeous. This is Hillary Burton, mm-hmm. if, I'm, if I'm correct. Yeah. Uh, she is just an absolute 11 out of 10. And not only that, she has amazing taste in music. Drives a really cool old school car, uh, is an artist. She does all these things. Uh, if I wasn't already married to you, I'd probably find out where Hillary Burton lived and try to stalk her. Um, she is currently married to that Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Okay, that doesn't matter to me. <laughs> but yeah, she's uh, she's smoking hot. Love her. Love the music in this show. And a lot of the music is kind of like stems from her aesthetic as well, right? Like a lot of what's being played, like the first scene in the show is a song that she's listening to in her car. And then the it kind of goes back to when the guys are in the school bus, the basketball teams in the school bus that they stole Want to talk about stealing a school bus? <laughs> yes, they, they fucking stole a school bus. That's a little bit after. We kind of start where it's kind of showing some of the characters, introducing who everybody is. And Peyton, my lovely Peyton, my Peyton. <laughs> Your Peyton. <laughs> my wow. Peyton. Uh, she's a cheerleader for the Tree Hill Ravens. And once you start to get to know her, she doesn't really seem like the cheerleading type. Mm-hmm. But she is a cheerleader nonetheless. And she also is Nathan's girlfriend. Uh, so they kind of go through all the characters to start off with. And you see uh, Lucas, you see Nathan, and then you see a lot of the secondary characters as well, like Mouth McFadden, Junk, uh, Jimmy Edwards, Skills, a few others. Kind of the Rivercourt crew. It's kind of a contrast comparison between the two because they show Nathan playing for the varsity high school team in the gym, playing an important game, being the star player, as opposed to the change with Lucas, who's playing at the River Court with his River Court buddies. So it all kind of starts with Peyton in her car, Lucas dribbling the ball on that bridge with his hood up, looking all emo and dark and mysterious. But this is the Broody. last. He's the last guy who's dark and mysterious. He's <laughs> Chad Michael Michael, everybody. Oh, my gosh. Murray. And one thing that really stuck out for me in just kind of this first part of the episode is that, like I said, the contrast between Nathan and Lucas being one being at the river court, one being in the gym, playing a varsity high school basketball game. 
it's funny to me that Mouth and Jimmy are the ones outside, and they're the ones that are announcing just Lucas playing with his buddies at the River Court. I, I, I have to tell you right now, he's no Jim Ross, and, <laughs> and Jimmy Edwards is no Jerry the King Lawler, okay? They could not hold those guys' microphones or headsets. Okay, well, you know, they do a pretty good job. Like, that's their dream. They're in high school. The guys that you're talking about have done this for ever. Because they're good at it. Okay, but again, these guys are in high school. They're supposed to be 15, 16 years old. But Mouse, like, 28 years old in real life. The actor, (laughs) but at the time, who he's playing. Kind of like how you say wrestling is acting. This is them acting. They're acting kids that don't know what they're doing. Fair enough. And again, kind of the contrast between the two, they both hit their game-winning shots at the exact same time. Now, what does Lucas do after he wins? Just packs up, goes home, on his way, walking home. What does Nathan do after the game? a bus. Steals a school bus. How do you steal a fucking school bus? I have no fucking clue. Why would you steal a school bus? Because they're partying with their buddies. It's Kate. Like who part- had the keys to these school bus the, to this fucking school bus? I don't know. Lou- or Nathan was the one that was driving. It's a party bus. They couldn't just like. Well, I don't know. They maybe could have gotten a party bus, but you know the school bus. They're is right fucking there. rich. They could have easily gotten a party bus. Totally. But they stole a fucking school bus. Because why the fuck not? It's high school. Fair enough. In the States. <laughs> <laughs> this is what they're doing in North Carolina now. Yeah. They're stealing school buses after winning games. Yeah. Might as well. Well, Grand Theft Auto aside, of course Nathan and Tim and all those guys get caught. Of course they fucking, they fucking stole a school bus. Okay. Of course they got, where's the school bus? I don't know where the school bus Did is. Did you see how they got caught? How did they get caught? The cops caught them, didn't they? Yeah. So, okay. So, the bus is speeding towards a train. Mm-hmm. The bars for the train are coming down. Right. Right. right? Yes. Peyton, at the same time, is also looking for a CD in her car and isn't paying attention to the road while she's driving. And almost hits Lucas. And almost hits Lucas mm. at the exact same time that the bus like literally screeches to a stop because the train is right there. Because Nathan probably doesn't know how to drive because he's driving a fucking school bus. No, um, you totally missed this part. Some chick comes up and is like, where's Peyton? And he's like, I don't know. And she starts mm. making out with him while he's driving right. the school bus. Either way, so. the guy can't drive. Anyway, they do get <laughs> caught. He's a total douchebag. Like this guy is... Bar none, a gigantic douchebag. And we understand why he is because of who his father is. But yes, of course, they get caught. But the big crux of the show right here is that when they get caught, a bunch of the players on the team get suspended and cannot play for the rest of the season for the varsity team. Nathan and Tim, especially Nathan, being the ringleader and the star player, gets protected and is said that he is not involved in the stealing of the school bus at all, when in fact he was the guy who started it all. Yep, 100%. So is this some kind of collusion between the school and Whitey, the coach, making sure that their star player isn't one of the ones that is suspended? Because obviously, if their star player and Nathan is suspended for the rest of the season, there goes their season. 
is that are they just protecting him? Um, I think it's also a huge part because Dan Scott is his father. That's very true. Dan Scott gets whatever he fucking wants. Apparently. (laughs) Because he's a wiener. So Dan's heel tendencies aside, and yes, he is the ultra heel. He is the Vince McMahon of this show. He is a fucking heel and a half. (laughs) And of course, his his son is going to take from his heel tendencies. But much like Shane McMahon, uh, he started as a heel, but then eventually realized the error of his father's ways and turned babyface eventually. Me thinking that that's a prediction for this show is that eventually Nathan has his grand babyface turn and shies away from his father. But that is neither here nor there until we get further into the show. Exactly. You're going to have to watch and find out. Ha <laughs> ha. That's unfortunate. Sucka. That's unfortunate. Uh, also, Sucka, uh, if, uh, if you keep watching, you'll know that uh, uh, Booker T will be eventually coming in as well, too. Who the hell is that? That's for me to know and for you to find out. We also oh get God. introduced to Karen, which is Lucas's mom, Karen Rowe. She is the owner of Karen's Cafe. And of course, they have to have a woman named Karen on the show. Okay, but she's not a Karen in that way. Like, she is the sweetest human being. Uh, you know what? Fair play. Karen, she's she's great. She's a sweet lady. Uh, made some mistakes in her past, but although she is very, you know, sweet, nice person, but unfortunately, A, her name is Karen, and B, every time I look at her face, every time you see her, you see that face, and it looks like she's smelling probably the stinkiest shit she's ever smelled in her entire life. She has that resting shit smell face. Rude. It's true. Um, Did you know that the um, lady that acted her, Mar- uh, Moira Kelly? Yes. She also uh, voice acted Nal- Nala in The Lion King. Uh, uh, at least you can see her shit smell face when oh she was doing Oh my God, that. no. <laughs> we also get introduced to Haley James, who is also Lucas's best friend. I find uh, possibly they might have went down like a relationship route between these two, but I feel the chemistry isn't exactly there between those two. No, no, definitely not. Um, if you watch the uh, Drama Queen or listen to the Drama Queens podcast, um, that's something that's definitely talked about. Uh, there was supposed to be a romantic li- link between the two, mm-hmm. a little interest, but they just had zero chemistry that way. Which, you know, I feel like Lucas really needs like a best friend, female best friend on his side. He's got his River Court buddies, but you always need a girl BFF. And we also get introduced to Keith Scott, another huge character of the show. He's the brother of Dan, and he is the uncle to Lucas and Nathan. And he's just, in quotations, a friend to Karen. Only a friend. Mm-hmm. Only a friend. Only a friend, Keith Scott. One thing I really have to just go off on a sidebar here. Now, I know we're in the year 2003. The tips. <laughs> the frosted tips. The if they tips weren't frosted, hair. it was just spiked. They, they were spiked. all look like fucking Guy Fieri. <laughs> okay? It, the tips. Okay? Uh. What is with the tips? Now, fair play. I had tips at one point in my life. Probably around 2003. There you go. <laughs> but the tips, it totally dates the show back then, which most of what we're going to watch for wrestling, definitely the hairstyles date it to that point as well. And the outfits. 
in the outfits. I but cannot there wait. is a lot of pomp and circumstance <laughs> to wrestling outfits. You you gotta understand that. It's it sure mm-hmm. it's a time period, but even to this day a lot of wrestlers still wear ridiculous outfits. Oh, it's kind of the whole I point. I know. Of it. It's kind of the whole point of it. We share a living room, <laughs> obviously, because we live together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Keith, he goes to Whitey and he wants Lucas on the team. Mm-hmm. And for sure, Lucas has obviously got some skills, but only on the street ball court. We don't know how good he actually is when it comes to like a full, legit varsity high school basketball game with the pressure on, the lights are on. But Lucas doesn't seem to be super willing to want to join the varsity team. Why is that? So I think... um Lucas doesn't want to be on the team because he's trying to save his mom. Like, he knows that Nathan's on the team. He knows that... Dan's going to be there. Dan's there. Uh, He's happy with the river court and playing with his buddies and just chilling. Like, it's no pressure for him. He's good at what he does where he is. So why change it? Yet in real life. Chad Michael Michael can't play basketball worth a shit. I know. I watched that. Um, so there's something that comes up later on in the season, but there's a charity. They're the Friends with Benefits charity, FWB charity. The Friends with Benefits? You'll see. Um, okay. It's later on in the show. But it's actually just really funny because they show a clip where Chad Michael Murray is trying to like, he's trying to shoot a basket and he can't do it. It doesn't even make it close. And it's so funny. And yeah, he's not a basketball player. He's a football player. I mean, I guess there's tons of wrestlers that can't fucking wrestle and they still make the show. So exactly. Fair enough. So I do have a question to ask for you. It's a very important question pertinent question that i have to ask for you very very important now how many times have you watched this show like all the way through probably at least 20 times so when we look into peyton's room Mm -hmm. what band poster does she have up in the background (laughs) it's on the door it's on the door okay what band the used that's my all-time favorite band but i never noticed it because one, she never has her door closed. In that scene, she happens to have her door closed. I just never, ever noticed it. We used to have a small TV, only 42 inches. Oh, oh, <laughs> only 42 inches. You know what I had to watch Monday Night Raw on? A 13-inch Sony Trinitron TV. <sighs> so shut the fuck up with your 42-inch TVs. So basically what I'm getting at here is that you watch probably the first episode of the show like 20, 30 times and never noticed a poster of your favorite band in the background as opposed to me watching this episode for the first time and noticing the used poster in the background. And how big was your TV again? 42 inches. I am also blind. I'm blind as a too. fucking bat. I'm blind too. And I just, it just never noticed. Like, it's such a quick little scene that I don't, I've never, 
I've never, ever noticed it. How, I don't know. I also don't think that was a very, like, popular poster from the used back then. Like, it was very early on in their, um, you know, them being a band. Like, they started in 2002. So, they weren't huge yet. They were big enough to have posters, but not big enough that they're very well-known posters. So, now we move on to the next scene with the most important sign in the entire show basically the antithesis (laughs) of why we're doing this the definition of our podcast tree hill wrestling federation the tree hill ravens high school sign outside yeah says wrestling thursday 6 p.m yep when uh when sean here was like yeah we need to do like this podcast with wrestling i was like hold up and I pulled up the picture and I showed it to him and he's like, save that right now. So Whitey, after all of this, Whitey wants Lucas on the varsity team. He wants him there. He knows he's somewhat talented. He's got to put in the work, but he wants him on the team. Lucas does not want to be on the team. He consults a few people and consults Keith. He consults skills. He consults his mom. They all kind of give him the green light to say, hey, you should probably be on this team. Given your skill set. Get that one? Skills set. (laughs) So he kind of takes all of their advice into consideration, but still does not want to join the team. Now, he is helping out Keith at his body shop. Does he have a part-time job there? Yeah. He helps out. I mean, it's his uncle. He loves his uncle. He's his father figure, basically. Yeah, seeing that as actual dad, he has no relationship with Dan, so he kind of uses Keith as more of a father figure and a dad himself, as mm-hmm. opposed to his real dad. Yep. So he's working at this body shop, and of course, of course, Peyton's car breaks down, so she has to bring it in uh, to Keith's body shop course who is the one to come with the tow truck when Peyton's car breaks down Lucas Scott exactly it was like it was written or something like there's a script going on or something here (laughs) so Lucas is the one who comes to tow Peyton Nathan wants nothing to do with helping out Peyton at all with her broken down car yeah completely passes her off Because once again, he's a heel. (laughs) So he wants nothing to do with it. Lucas comes and helps her out. Wants to tow her. She doesn't want it. No, she does. She does want the tow. She doesn't want the ride. Ride. She wants Nathan to come and pick her up. Now there's obviously some chemistry here between Peyton and Lucas, and of course Peyton's car. As nice as it is, it's definitely not Eddie Guerrero's lowrider. I don't even know what that is, but... In due time, babe. So here we are. Uh, we're getting back to the body shop. And we're going to go over this at the end of the episode, but my absolute favorite scene of this entire episode... <laughs> okay. I'm thinking going forward, this is going to be somewhat of a theme, but when they bring Peyton's car back... Lucas gives the keys to Keith. But he just doesn't pass him the keys. He doesn't leave it on the counter for him. He literally winds up. 
He goes full on Randy Johnson and he throws this fucking set of keys 95 miles an hour at Keith. Okay, but do you realize why he threw them so hard? The most aggressive key throw in <laughs> Hollywood's history. But why was it so aggressive? Because he was mad. Because Dan was there and Dan was talking shit about his son, Dan's Lucas. Always, Dan's always talking shit. So to yeah, Keith. of course, every time Lucas sees Dan, he gets gets a little pissy. Mm-hmm. But, I would too. But your first reaction is to throw a set of keys at your uncle, 95 mile an hour uh, fastball right across the plate. Maybe he was hoping to hit Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he he tends to aggressively throw things. And I think going forward, that's going to be a bit of a theme for this guy. So now we get into Nathan is challenging Lucas to a pickup game at midnight. And why is he challenging him to this game? Because Nathan knows that Lucas was asked to be on the basketball team. Mm -hmm. Lucas knows that... Nathan's not going to play fair. Nathan's a weenie. so Just like his father. Exactly. So Nathan goes up and is like, time and place. You pick it. But we're going to fight for this spot on the team. If you win, I'll leave the team. But if I win, you're not joining the team. You can't have my spot. Whatever. Mm-hmm. How many pay-per-view buys do you think this huge basketball game is going to be getting at the end of the, at uh, midnight? How many people are going to be buying this pay-per-view? <laughs> oh, God, people buying this pay-per-view. Well, obviously, it's a very important part of the episode. It's leading mm-hmm. to this climax of this one-on-one pickup game between Lucas and Nathan. Now, you can't just go in willy-nilly and just throw it on free TV for nothing. you got to build up to it a little bit. you got to promo it a little bit. you got to get Doc Hendricks out there in an atrocious vest with his DJ <laughs> voice and say, Hey, midnight tonight, make sure you watch the match between Lucas and Nathan Scott. Brothers! Together, once again, but at odds for the basketball game. How many pay-per-view buys? I have 50? no 60? fucking clue. I would buy this pay-per-view. Um, I don't even want to watch it on free TV. I feel like they wanted to just play the game low-key, like the two of them, and maybe like have... But like, they had an entire audience for the game. That was Tim. So if you remember, when they pull up for the game, like... Nathan and Tim and Peyton, there was a whole crowd of people. And when they get out of the car, Tim says to Nathan, I may have told a few people. A few people? He, he seemed like he told the entire fucking school. Anyway, there is some backstory to this with the scene prior. Yes. So um, there's a scene prior where Dan is looking for Nathan and Nathan comes out of the bathroom. He's wrapped up in his towel. He's got his nipple pierced. And Dan's like, if I wanted a daughter, I would have had one. And he's all like, just being a dick to his son. He's a fucking heel. He's a dick. Um, But anyways, he says like, why are you doing this? Like you have everything to lose and nothing to gain. And Nathan says, maybe everything to you is nothing to me or Something Something to that effect. effect. And Peyton is happens to be in the uh, bathroom listening in because they had a shower together. Very sexy. And uh, anyway, she walks out of the bathroom and says, hi, Mr. Scott. 
Well, later on, or before the basketball game even starts, Peyton asks Nathan, what do you get of this? What does he get of this? And she's meeting Lucas, and Nathan says, he gets you. A little bit of drama there. So I got a question for you. In this basketball game, is Peyton going to be raised in a shark cage above the basketball court while the two boys are playing basketball? No. That well, would be weird. Actually, <laughs> we'll get to that. So we finally have the basketball game, and they go back and forth, a pretty heated matchup. You know, they definitely get their shit in, and they definitely go tit for tat, and finally it goes down to the last couple shots. Nathan's got game point. Lucas blocks his game point. Like, he's LeBron James, down 3-1 to the Golden <laughs> State Warriors. And Lucas hits mm-hmm. the final shot. And not only does he win the game, not only is he going to take that spot with the team, he also won Peyton. So they hoist her down from the shark cage. Oh, my cage. God. That is not what happens, <laughs> no? FYI. Okay. Either um, way, Lucas wins the game. He does win the game. but uh, So he actually was two shots down. Mm-hmm. So he had to get that first shot. He right. gets it. And then uh, Nathan says, you won't hit it again. Yeah. You won't. Lucas says, this is for my mom. And he mm-hmm. goes in and he gets that winning basket. What I don't get, though, pickup games, normally you have to win by two. He only wins by one. So this isn't a true pickup game. This is just like a working pickup game. This isn't a shoot pickup game right here, okay? He just wants to win. So we get the big hurrah. Everybody loves. Let's hoist lucas on our shoulders everybody's super happy that he won they're all cheering and then he looks at peyton and he says i'll be seeing you mm-hmm. 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 so as we fade to black end of episodes credits roll uh, I you f- missed something what did i miss you missed uh nathan goes home and Dan's kind of expecting some news. Mm, right, right, right. I did forget about this. So uh, this is after midnight, by the way. The game started at midnight. So Dan is staying up to he wants, hear he what wants happened. To know what, what happened. And Nathan looks at him and says, don't worry, Dad. Your, stream, your dreams are still safe. See, if it was on pay-per-view, he could have watched it. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, and then that's basically... Then we fade to black, roll yeah. credits... And I've officially made it through episode one of One Tree Hill. I you have. didn't think I would make it, but honestly, I'm going to be completely 100% honest here. I didn't completely hate it. Good. There's a little bit of character development. Uh, acting uh, leaves a little to be desired, but I watch wrestling and we know how the acting is for that as well, too. Mm-hmm. At least you're admitting it. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole nother episode i gotta cut a promo for 60 minutes on that but oh god roll credits fade to black not a bad episode i will say it's a good first episode it introduces everybody you know it's not it's not too bad i'm definitely like not gonna hate watching this many episodes of it until i watch maybe the next two or three episodes then i might again one 
Okay, so now that we finished that episode, what was the most memorable scene to you? Without a doubt, number one with a bullet, Lucas throwing an absolute fucking piss missile (laughs) with those keys, just tossing a fucking dart straight into the hands of Keith. Those keys never seen the authority that were put into that throw. And he he put a little emphasis... uh, 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 I wonder it. if there's still an imprint on Craig Schaefer's hands. Holy shit, there has to be. Because that <laughs> was a fucking unit. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, what was your most memorable moment of the episode? Uh, definitely the basketball match. You know, like Lucas throws that winning basket and the song was just perfect. And it was just like such a... I don't know. I get chills every time I watch that scene. Mm, Lucas went over in the main event. Good for him. (laughs) The main event. So now we transition into the best part of the show. In your opinion. After 187 of these, I think people will agree. We transition into the second half of the show where we go over, review, and get our takes on WWF. Formerly WWF, now it is WWE because we got the F out in 2002. Fun fact yeah. for the listeners. Mm. I used to work with an ex-WWF wrestler. Yes, you did. I did. You used to work with Velvet McIntyre, who was on the card for WrestleMania 2. Where did you work with her? Uh, I worked her, with her at a hotel in Harrison Hot Springs. Um I don't know if she's still working there. It's been quite a while. But uh, yeah, she is a gem of a lady. She is so sweet. She's just awesome. And her cross body block is one uh, force to be reckoned with. (laughs) So yeah, we're moving into the segment where we're going over. And so basically we wanted to think, well, if we're going to have to do 187 episodes of One Tree Hill, we're going to have to do 187 episodes of wwe Mm -hmm. so where do i start and i was thinking oh could we do the hulkamania era could we do like the new generation i wanted to do something good but i needed a little cringe in there as well too but i wanted you know i wanted the stars i wanted a really good time in the business so literally i picked it up when the business was uh, not the greatest for WWE because WCWs were winning the ratings war at this time absolutely destroying the competition when hulk hogan joined the nwo So now we're picking it up. The beginning of November 1996. We're going to start with the November 11th. So Remembrance Day episode. 1996 episode of Monday Night Raw. And we're going to keep going. 187 episodes. The pay-per-views. All the Monday Night Raws until we hit the end. Basically the comparison between this and One Tree Hill. Mm -hmm. So of course I have to start out. Uh, funnily enough with that first episode of One Tree Hill and one thing I always remember that really sticks out for me is the theme song for One Tree Hill uh, Gavin DeGraw (laughs) and as you would have heard in our intro to this episode as well too we put together a little little fun little bit for our intro but Gavin DeGraw I mean honestly Gavin DeGraw he sucks he's terrible he never put out any other good music but one thing he did do well is put this theme song together obviously he didn't do it specifically for this show but they picked it and it is a banger i have to say it is a banger and 
Although. So one thing to note, though, they don't have that song as the opening credit song yet. Exactly. That's the thing is that in episode one, the point I was getting to is that in episode one, they didn't play that song yet. It wasn't until episode two when they actually played the song. But knowing full well that Gavin DeGraw does the theme for this show, it is a banger. But contrasted to Monday Night Raw's <laughs> opening. Cheesy as fuck. Okay. <sighs> to be fair. <laughs> This was the intro that they had, not the video package, but the music that they had since the show debuted in January of 1993. So by this point, it had been almost four years. I was like not even three years old at the time. They had the same theme song at this point for almost four full years. Now, in 1997, luckily, they did change the intro music for Monday Night Raw. But for me, it's more of a nostalgia thing, knowing what the theme song was hearing it 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 is definitely like a legendary classic kind of theme song i mean you you know how right it's pretty classic with the sirens and everything but as good as it is Gavin DeGraw's song is pretty damn great, I must say. And Boom. it probably is a little bit better than the WWF it theme song. definitely is better. Definitely. I don't know how cheesy it is. It's pretty fucking cheesy. But nonetheless, I love it. So we have the opening match here on Monday Night Raw. They do a little promo package of what's happened the last few weeks. But they're giving us this tag team match on Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. Match one. The tag team champions, Owen Hart and the British Bulldog, take on... Psycho Sid, and the Heartbreak Kid, the world champion, Shawn Michaels. Okay, so one thing I want to know is I was high as all hell when I took these notes. So some of these notes are a little lackluster. Some are pretty funny. Um, So British Bulldog. Mm, Davy Boy Smith. No, he's tassel boots. He's a sweet little princess. I don't think anybody ever called him a sweet little princess. That guy is huge. He's huge. But the tassel boots get me. And the tassels on his arms. That was hilarious. Like, I was losing my mind, guys. Like, imagine me stoned as hell and just, like, watching this for the first time and, like, no context and being, like okay, he's got these little hot pants on. He's got his tassel boots and his tassels on the arms. Oh. If you think that the British Bulldog is bizarre <laughs> and out there, you have not seen anything oh, and yet. Then Wait Shawn, till we meet Goldust. Shawn Michaels yeah. looks like his outfit when he first comes in. It looks like it could be a prom dress. Just make it a little bit longer and poofier. (laughs) And with his ponytail, he's on his way to fucking prom, you guys. (laughs) Mm. What? You didn't like the assless chaps and the mirror vest? Oh, my God. The mirror vest. That's a dress. No. Yeah. He's the world champion. He's awesome. (laughs) Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid. So they have their tag match. And, of course, you know, going back, uh, a lot of tag matches instill this kind of uh, psychology into the match is that usually the heels, which the heel team here is Owen and Bulldog, Mm -hmm. they tend to use the strategy of isolation. So they take one of their opponents, isolate them in the corner, just dicks. Like, absolute dicks. They just isolate them in the corner. 
And of course, what do they like to do the best? They get Sid all riled up in his corner. He comes in. The referee gets distracted. And what do they do when the referee is distracted? They beat down Shawn Michaels two-on-one over and over and over again. Isolation tactics. That's how heels work tag team matches. It's a very effective strategy. And you watch wrestling to this current day. I watch I watch all wrestling. I watch AEW. I watch WWE. A little bit of New Japan. I still watch wrestling to this day. Yes. So there is this current bitch. Okay. <laughs> she is this bitch. Dr. Bitch. Um, I'm going <laughs> to call her. Dr. Bitch. Dr. Bitch. And she does that shit all the fucking time. She gets her posse to come in and distract her the ref. Her posse and from then, the mean street. she distracts the ref and she gets her posse to come in and beat the shit out of her opponent <laughs> and then she's like, what? I did nothing. Okay, okay. First and foremost here, fucking Dr. Bitch. Dr. Bitch. <laughs> That's going to be on a t-shirt one day. <laughs> uh, now, when you told me about this, when you said, oh, it's that Dr. Bitch who always does the distraction I actually tactics. said see you next Tuesday, but that's <laughs> not so podcast friendly. <laughs> you said this Dr. Bitch uh, uses the distraction tactics. And I'm like, Dr. Bitch? Who the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and I finally put two and two together and realized that it's Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. She's a dentist, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I'm never getting my fucking teeth cleaned by her. I don't know. I think you should. No. Um, <laughs> but I finally put two and together and realized it was her. But I find it hilarious that out of all the wrestlers, out of all the tag teams in the entire history of the business, the one that you associate distraction tactics with is Britt Baker. Okay, to be fair, I also, um, I have MS and my brain like hyper focuses like I, my memory is shit. So when I see something repeatedly being done by the same person, that's what I'm going to remember. Right. Okay. So that's just what my brain went to when I saw that happening. I was like, is a doctor bitch. She's back. <laughs> I don't think Owen Hart or British Bulldog look like Dr. Britt Baker. You never know. With a little bit of makeup, they could. So as the match continues, we, of course, get the proverbial ads for America Online. So again, dating this <laughs> Monday Night Raw to 1996. Uh, just all kinds of webcasting and weird kind of online shit that happened back in that day for one tree hill and for wrestling it's kind of hilarious to look back and see that and as the the match goes on we get another promo for karate fighters (laughs) so karate fighters uh they had an entire tournament through monday night raw for some stupid reason that's dumb really stupid but anyways i had karate fighters okay this is 1996 okay november 1996 so let's play this game in november of 1996 where were you i was in the yard at school with my karate fighters having my own tournaments with my karate fighters at lunch. That's what I was doing in second grade in November of 1996. What were you doing in November of 1996? Certainly not watching Monday Night Raw like I was. No, um, actually, my one of my best friends at the time, 
because uh, I would have been in grade one. She lived basically down the road, like at the end of our street that we currently live on and down the road a little bit. So she had this like top of the stairs was open to the bottom of like bottom floor entryway and everything. And we had sky dancers <laughs> and we would go up to the top of her stairs sky dancers. again because it was open and big and we would send off our sky dancers sky dancing all the way to the bottom and we try and catch them. So one of us would be at the bottom trying to catch them or we would send them off at the same time and have them race to the bottom. You ever see that YouTube video where that one little girl plays with their sky dancer? She sky dances her right into the fire at Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen that. Oh, my God. Pretty fucking hilarious. Worst fear when I was a kid. Sky dancers. So, yeah. you know, you know, there was Barbies. I think I was playing with some G.I. Joes, maybe some street sharks back Polly in the Pockets. day. Polly Pockets. <laughs> uh, all sorts of stuff back then. And, of course, wrestling figures. I remember mm-hmm. I was so happy that I was. I got my 30th Hasbro WWF figure so I could have a full Royal Rumble because I had 30 figures to mm-hmm. do the entire match so we get to the finish of this match and of course once again Shawn michaels goes for sweet chin music now we all know and i'm not sure if you know but i think you do now what a finisher is please regale the audience with what a finisher is it's their like signature move to take out the opponent exactly and what is Shawn michaels signature move I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would have heard that Vince McMahon, what is it? Sweet Chin Music! About 17 times. I was stoned. That's very true. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Shawn Michaels goes for Sweet Chin Music. And, of course, Owen Hart ducks. And he nails mm. Psycho Sid. Yes! With but, Sweet Chin Music. But um, didn't you say that they did a different, like, a cut of the camera mm-hmm. he didn't actually impact they just made it look like mm-hmm. he did so that's where you get into camera cuts where you know the impact wasn't as good as it should have looked so they go to a different angle mm-hmm. from behind Sid to make it look like he actually really connected on Sweet Chin Music yeah so nonetheless Sid and, and HBK here they're definitely at odds they're they're gonna have the match at survivor series this sunday november 17th only on (laughs) pay-per-view at madison square garden now of course we had to have about 37 promos for survivor Mm, series so many in this entire show and that's that's not even a work like that's a shoot that's probably how many times they had to mention survivors but sure this is the go home show the go home monday night raw for survivor series so they got to promo the shit out of it i get it so Shawn Michaels, Sid, they're going to have the big match, world title match on Sunday. Now we move into a promo package for Survivor Series. Doc Hendricks. That for- fucking vest with the black <laughs> shirt. Oh, my God. That was just like, now, that to- was everything. <laughs> now, to be fair, Doc Hendricks, also known as Freebird Michael Hayes, do do do. I don't know what that means, but whatever. Eventually you will. 
uh, Doc Hendricks, now going by Doc Hendricks, definitely put on his his DJ voice. Uh, so he's promoing the show, and yes, the vest is atrocious. He's got the so slick bad. back hair. He's got the whole thing going so on. It, it screams 1996. So promos the event. Of course, again, another fucking promo we got to sit through. So by the end of this episode, you know full well November 17th, Madison Square Garden, it's Survivor Series. It's going to happen. Except I forgot every time that Sean asked me, oh, so what uh, pay-per-view is coming up? I'd blank on Survivor Series. Well, you were high as fuck. So So the next match is Mankind versus Freddie Jill Floyd. Mankind freaks me the fuck out. I mean, back in the day, I was only seven years old. Mankind kind of freaked me out, too. He was a very dark, brooding, scary, ugly character back in the day. The mask The mask. And he's dressed in all brown. He literally looks like a lop of shit. Basically. Basically, Mick Foley, who is Mankind, came into the company and... Jim Ross, who's one of the announcers, he mm-hmm. was the one who wanted Cactus Jack, a.k.a. McFoley, a.k.a. Mankind, to come into the company. And Vince McMahon wanted no part of having him. And so he finally said, okay, I'll have you in the company, but I'm going to put a mask on your ugly motherfucking face. So that's he, rude. Very rude. But that's what he did. He had the mask. He had the brown uniform. And yeah, he literally looked like a lop of shit, but he's a scary motherfucker. So he was working Freddie Joe Floyd here. What do we know about Freddie Joe Floyd? Nothing. Because he's an enhancement talent. Do you know yeah, what an enhancement talent is? He's one of those guys that just comes in and, you know, basically gets the shit beat out of him just for the, you know, match. And it makes the other guy that he's opposing look better. The guy who's the quote-unquote star superstar wwf has superstars oh, not just stars superstar super jesus christ superstar so quite easily mankind gets the win he wins with the mandible claw so his finish is the mandible claw where he sticks two fingers his ring finger and his middle finger down the gullet of his opponent and presses down on the back of his tongue and then uses his thumb underneath the chin to do the mandible claw very effective finisher kind of like you know really puts home the point that he is deranged that he has taped up fingers that he shoves down people's throats and just presses down until they go to sleep so i thought just from what i don't know maybe they just do it they make it look like it goes down the throat like that but it looked like he actually stuck it under the guy's tongue Mm. and pushed down like that Mm mm-hmm under the tongue under the tongue i guess i'll have to give mcfoley a call and see what the actual technique is for that yeah you know give him a shout yeah exactly (laughs) uh so at the end of the match or just after the match undertaker's music hits the gong Mm -hmm. everybody knows that the undertaker is here when that gong hits and he starts cutting his promo but you don't actually see him and then of course you see the shark cage. Not the same shark cage that Peyton was in at the end of the One Tree Hill oh episode. Oh my god, he's just going to keep like trying to put that imagery in there. And for those of you who haven't seen One Tree Hill, that is not what happens. Be that as it may, the shark cage comes down 
and the stipulation for the Survivor Series match between Mankind and Undertaker is that Paul Bear, formerly the manager for The Undertaker, now the manager for Mankind, he Ugh. has to be hoisted up above the ring in a shark cage. Now, Undertaker is sending down the shark cage to put home the point that this is what Paul Bear is going to be in at the pay-per-view. But funnily enough... The dummy of Paul Bear is upside down. He in the should be shark. upside down in real fucking life. That would be pretty hilarious to get a 350 pound guy upside down 20 feet above the ring for the entire match. Ugly. Don't creepy. you love Paul Bear? He's no. one of the greatest managers of all time. Ugly, creepy motherfucker. That's his character. No, That's like, what he's supposed and you to know do. what? Those manager guys. Yeah, they're annoying as fuck. Most I hate times them. managers are heels and that's their job is to annoy the shit out of you. So if they're annoying the shit out of you, that means they're doing their job effectively. Oh, I hate them. Visibly upset Paul Bear and Mankind. Mankind actually just tries to ram through the the cage for no apparent reason. Yeah, it's not like he's, that he's other deranged. the ugly motherfucker was in there yet. Yeah. Exactly. It's just his dummy. Do you think it was the real life thing? I don't know. He's deranged. I so can we tell. so we transition to the first promo for one Rocky Mayavia. Who does Rocky Mayavia end up turning into be? The Rock, the biggest movie star in the world. But at this point in late 1996 before his debut at Survivor Series, he is not The Rock. He's not mm. Dwayne Johnson. Well, he is Dwayne Johnson, but he's not Dwayne Johnson, if you know what I mean. He yeah. is just Rocky Maivia. And he Dwayne got... Johnson's hot, by the way. Was he hot back then? He's still pretty I good like looking. him better bald, you know? Like his current, like... He just mm, copied I follow Stone him Cold. on Instagram and, oh boy. He just copied Stone Cold. We all know that. <laughs> uh, he's bigger than Stone Cold. Like body-wise, like body mass like bulk and muscles he's bigger than still cold true true uh so we get the rocky mayavia promo because he's a young go-getter blue chipper he's gonna <laughs> do his best and try real hard and i bet you know what the fans will think of this guy if that's gonna be his character in 1996 and 1997 they're gonna shit all over it do you mm -hmm. think they will or do you think they'll accept him for what he is because he's a third generation superstar? Well, I've been to a wrestling match in person with you before. Mm -hmm. And everyone likes to cheer for the bad guy because they're the ones that are the shit disturbers. They can kind of do whatever they want to do, which people like that. They don't want to cheer for the good guy, the good, pure boy. Exactly. If he's vanilla as vanilla Rocky was at this point in time, why would we want to cheer for him? He's lame as fuck. He's just so cute and young. <laughs> Speaking like a true outsider. <laughs> and we have a promo for the Big Bang Boom Tour. I, that I was so out there. <laughs> I honestly it was don't know like, where they come up with the names. Again, I was stoned. I my back was hurting. I took a CBD THC pill and I just wrote it out. And I was like watching this, and I swear to God, every time there was a flash of light, oh. I'm like my head oh. just was like boom. So nineties. It was so. Do you bad. like the big colorful letters just shooting at you over and over it again? Was Quick insane. cuts. 
and it happens light. so much. So and I quickly. was just like, when is this going to stop? I almost begged you like just for- fast forward because it was like bugging me you so You had much. to count all the the camera cuts that they use on an episode of Monday Night Raw. I don't even think you can count that. I don't think anybody can count that high. So we have a few more promos. Of course, we get the Psycho Sid promo. He's all pissed off about Shawn Michaels sending him the sweet chin music. So Psycho Sid, as I've said before, loves to cut promos. I am the World Wrestling Federation champion, and I am going to own Shawn Michaels as your... He doesn't move his teeth. It's so funny because they were just tag team partners too. Yeah. There's some kind of fucking drama going on. There's tons of drama. Wow. One Tree Hill. (laughs) So, drama. There's a comparison between the two. One Tree Hill, completely full of drama. Wrestling, also completely full of drama with love triangles. What? Oh, there's love triangles, bro. There's love triangles. Going forward, you will see. So we had Sid's promo. Then we Mm -hmm. had Stone Cold Steve Austin's promo. It's a short little promo. It was a good little promo. And then you're like love of your life. Oh, 100%. I thought I was your love of the love of your life. But the thing is, yes, you are the love of my life. But I've known Stone Cold Steve Austin since I was like six years old. Not like. IRL. Not in real life, no, but uh, I've known <laughs> of Stone Cold Steve Austin since I was six years old. I only met you six years ago. So after the Stone Cold promo, we get another shouty Shawn Michaels promo. The pretty run of the mill promo, nothing special there. Then it leads into Stone Cold Steve Austin's match against now known as Bob Holly, but formerly known as Thurman Sparky Plug. Sparky. Plug. Plug. What the hell? <laughs> he just goes by Bob Holly now, but hilariously enough, he still wears the NASCAR uniform. And maybe NASCAR comes up at some point in One Tree Hill as well. Something like that. Possibly. So, again, you know, Sparky Plug, Bob Holly, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he's a NASCAR driver. He's been in the company for a couple few years now. And yes. I can't get over his name. Sparky Plug. No. So you'll also notice that, yes, he drives NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Uh, because unfortunately, it seems like he can't afford to live his life unless he has a side job from wrestling. So you'll come to quickly notice that many guys have side jobs. Mm-hmm. They are garbage men. They are porn stars. <laughs> they are tennis players. They wow. are hockey players. They are Plumbers. Yes, there is a wrestling plumber. Eh, gotta do it. You gotta do it. Pay the bills, right? Fair enough. So Austin has his match with Thurman Sparky Plug, now known Thurman. as Bob. Thurman. <laughs> <laughs> but what do we notice about the match? Now, we all know that Stone Cold is going to have his big match with Survivor Series against the returning excellence of execution, Bret Hart. Okay. Why? Did they have to keep the camera on Brett for the entire match? I just, I hated looking at his face at that because it was just the entire time. He doesn't do anything. He just sits there staring at a screen. So they double featured Brett's face for the entire match of him just watching a TV, watching Stone Cold Mm -hmm. and Bob Mm Holly. I have no idea what Kevin Dunn was thinking on that one. Uh, So, of course, 
Austin wins with the stunner. And this is before Austin added the kick to the Stone Cold Stunner. Now, mm. everybody knows that Austin's finisher is the Stone Cold Stunner. He I didn't. Kick... Now you do. <laughs> he would kick the guy in the stomach, and then he would give the Stone Cold Stunner. But this is back at the time when he didn't bring in the kick yet. It was just mm. grab his head and give him the Stone Cold Stunner. And I've heard Steve Austin do like a 10-minute promo on about how important that kick is and when mm. he instituted it and how important it is. Okay. Yes. Anyways, he wins the match pretty handily. And this is back like pre-broken neck Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oops, spoilers. <gasps> Oops, spoilers. <gasps> he goes into the back to mm-hmm. hunt down Brett the Hitman Hart. And he goes to his locker room and starts screaming and starts. How did he know that that was actually his How locker did he room? even know that was Bret Hart's locker room? But anyways, I digress. He starts knocking on the door and saying how he's going to go in there right now and open it and beat his ass and do all this and do all that to him. And supposedly the door is locked. Okay. Here's something I noticed. Okay. Okay. So he's jiggling the handle Mm. and the handle wouldn't jiggle that much if it was actually locked. Yeah, no, it would just barely go back and forth. So I think he realizes, like, I think he actually knows the door is unlocked, but because he turns to the camera and says, I'm actually going to make everyone wait. I'm going to make you wait. He's not going to do it on free TV. He's no. going to make everybody pay $30 for it. And would you pay $30 for Survivor Series? Fuck no. How much would you pay for Survivor Series? $5. $5. I'm sorry, but $30, I could buy groceries. I could take you out for dinner. I could buy a tank of gas. Or you could watch Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret the Hitman Hart in Madison Square Garden. Mm, no. So how was your first experience with November 11th, 1996 edition of Monday Night Raw? It was great. I was high as shit. I wasn't feeling any pain. <laughs> <laughs> so I, Those wrestlers were, but I wasn't. But you weren't, and that's the main thing. Uh, who was your favorite wrestler of the night? Uh, tassel boots. <laughs> Little princess tassel boots. British Bulldog. <laughs> Who is your most hated wrestler of the night? Ew, fucking mankind. It's hmm. unfortunate. Why? He's amazing. Ugh. It's not all looks, babe. It's not all about the cosmetics of wrestlers. They have real personalities. To they the have audience, talents. I'm going to vote for the best looking guy. Terrible. He can't believe he's doing this shit. I can't believe I'm doing this shit right now. At least, Kay, at least until I really get into it. At this point, sure. I'll give you some time. I'll give you some time. You can call him Tassel Boots, Sweet Little Princess, and Prom King Shawn Michaels. (laughs) (laughs) With a bad ponytail in my eye. It's a pretty bad ponytail. Did you know that Shawn Michaels is in Playgirl magazine, too? Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to see naked pictures of Shawn Michaels, no thanks i could probably find it online probably <laughs> uh so prediction time uh we'll do this at the end of uh, like going into pay-per-views like the go home shows for the pay-per-views mm-hmm. uh predictions mm-hmm. uh hbk Shawn michaels versus psycho sid for the world title who is going to win that match i think it's gonna be the little guy Shawn michaels <laughs> the little guy <laughs> <laughs> why 
Because, you know, with the big guys, they can just like flex their muscles and do their shit. They can beat the shit out of someone. Mm-hmm. But with the smaller guys, <laughs> they're using their brains. The little guys have to use their brains. They have to like be more methodic They'll with it. They don't have to use brute force as much as the Exactly. Guys. They can kind of outsmart them. Yeah, they do have to use other techniques and strategies to yeah. win their match. Okay, fair play. And because they kind of, they were tag team partners, he knows what makes the big motherfucker tick. Sure. How about Undertaker and Mankind? Knowing full well that a month ago, Mankind buried the Undertaker alive. Oh, Undertaker's going to fucking destroy him. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Uh, and, of course, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart. The returning Bret Hart, who has not had a match since WrestleMania 12 back in March. But Stone Cold, he's been getting his reps in. He's been stomping mud holes. He's been kicking ass. He's been opening up cans of whoop-ass for months now. And Bret Hart has not had a single match since March. So okay. in his big comeback match, who gets the W? Okay. So here's my theory. Okay. I know I know Stone Cold Steve Austin is your like love of my life. Love of your life, BFF. You would marry him if you could. Um, and he's great. Whatever. But I feel like he's not gonna win this match. Okay. I feel like with that obviously we could see Bret Hart watching the screen just watching him for that entire fucking thing so he was studying him mm-hmm. you know he's gonna be able like he's gonna know what makes him tick or kind of like have that in mind he's gonna really be mindful and he kind of knows what his moves are so i feel like he's gonna be the one that wins and stone cold won't quite win plus for someone to come back after so much time for a big mi- match like that, I feel like they should win. Do you know that Bret Hart's been at the company since 1984, 85 Yeah, I know. You've told me. But I know, like, it's just he hasn't been for how long? Like, how long has he not been March. wrestling? Not since March Kay. of that year. So I feel like when he comes back, it's going to be his big comeback tour. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. It's a good prediction. All right. So... That seems to be whereabouts we're going and headed towards Sunday, November 17th, Survivor Series. And One Tree Hill or whatever else we have to do. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, if you've enjoyed this at all, uh, we've had a hell of a lot of fun recording and making this. And going forward, I think we're going to really enjoy it. And we hope the audience enjoys as well, too, being able to do a podcast as weird as this. That really it's can fun. only be made by us. I didn't say it wasn't fun. Other just, people could make it too, but we're just we're just but awesome. We're the ones who are gonna make we're it. We're awesome. So we're the first people to ever do this. Mm-hmm. No one has ever done yeah, a podcast. Yeah, googled. No one has ever done a podcast that has combined One Tree Hill and wrestling. There's been lots of wrestling podcasts. There's been There's lots been of One Tree Hill podcasts. Podcast. But never to the two unite like the mega powers, brother. Oh, Lordy. Um, Anyways, may as well uh, like and follow us, whatever. Follow us on social media. Subscribe. Um, Subscribe. Do whatever. Give us a thumbs up because that's just uh, a lot of fun. And yeah, I hope you check us out next week. Do the shit until next episode. We bid you adieu.